Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. And today we are going to Washington State to visit with my friend and guest, Marcia Drake. She's going to tell us how to live a 12-category life. I didn't know I was supposed to put it in categories. I just had it all mosh-poshed together. Maybe that's why I'm running into some stumbling blocks. But she's, you know, had years of experience in data processing and uh, reviewing data. So she knows how to put it together, and she's going to teach us. Thank you so much, Marcia, for being here on the edge. Tell my brains a little bit more about you and how you show up in the world. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me, April. Um, It's just fantastic to be here on this glorious morning. And uh, so, yeah, I I think uh, a little background about me um, and my journey is, uh, as you mentioned, I've been in data for a long time. Uh, I love information. And uh, I'm also very um, curious about the world. So I take in a lot of information. I like learning. I synthesize a lot. I was raised by teachers. And as you know, in the world of the internet, there's a lot of data out there. There's a lot of information that we can um, dive into. But uh, in my quest for organizing all that information, one of the things that was really a game changer in my own life was the discovery of LifeBook, uh, which is a system that was taught by John and Missy Butcher. It was created by John and Missy Butcher. And... um, If we think about all the different classes, all the different education in the world that we can take, um, this is not just uh, any class. It is more like an operating system where if you think of a computer, you have Windows on your computer and you can put various software on there, apps. And you think about the apps as if they are um, uh, different classes that you might take or different bits of information. Somebody tells you how to live your life. Uh, The operating system, so Lifebook, it's more of a structure to organize all those apps. It's like a basket and- uh, Let me ask you some questions. We're always collecting data, okay? I like to call dating data collecting. You know, because people don't do it. They don't edit, they don't sort it, they don't process it, and sometimes they don't even bother to recall it. And it's key. You know, you're looking for a person that you're going to spend time with, maybe build a relationship, maybe marry one day and have children, and you don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about their history, their, about their, their family, about their upbringing, their relationships, their finance. <laughs> All of that is a part of data. Uh, And then also, I found very interesting that uh, my granddaughter told me, you know, she's a a TikTok enthusiast. You know, it's so annoying that just constantly scrolling through that device, I'm like, "Uh, can we talk? I don't have any conversation. I said, well, your thumbs do. 
So they are engrossed in this. But what she told me I found was very fascinating is that she can only process or she chooses only to process bite-sized information. Now, for years, you know, we've had history. We've had history books, encyclopedias, yada, yada. We want to get it all. But now... I'm finding that minds are to the point where they want it quick and slick. They want just a little bit. What is it? And keep moving. Are you finding that in this space as well? Um, yeah, I think we're we're moving into a new world, really, with the speed of technology increasing. So, yeah, our minds need to catch up with all this incoming data that is being thrown at us from different directions. Um you know, the amount of change, technological change that has happened just in the last 20 years is just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I can remember carrying around, you know, giant cell phones or heck, even, you know, when the phones were still attached to the walls. Right. And right. now we have everything right there at our disposal and we can, you know, Google whatever we're, we're looking for on the fly. Um, that has its advantages and disadvantages. Uh, but because sometimes you're you're missing things. It's like a life full of uh, sound bites or mm -hmm. different interpretations. You could read a book and you know you're going to get a different interpretation because you only read X Y Z. You didn't read what was before. You didn't bother to read what was after, and then you base your whole philosophy or interpretation on a given situation based upon that little sound bite. Tell us about the 12 category, uh, living a 12 category life. Can you tell us what the 12 categories are? Sure. So the 12 categories are things like your health and fitness, um, your intellectual life, your emotional life, your character and how you um, show up in the world, your spiritual life, uh, love and relationships, parenting, uh, what your strategies around uh, dealing with your kids or maybe your pet if you don't have kids, um, social life, your financial life, career, and then the, the two categories that kind of wrap things together is your quality of life. So that would be things like uh, having fun and your um, how you structure your household, for example, and your life vision. So the life vision really is um, the centerpiece to all of this that rolls all of these categories together. So where are you really going in five years, in 10 years? Mm -hmm. How, what does your life contribution look like? Mm -hmm. How do you wanna change the world? Or you know, what is really your end game? Mm -hmm. These are some of the bigger questions that we ask when we get into talking about life vision. And then when you start looking at each of these 12 categories, you can go back to that life vision and ask, am I in alignment with those, mm. those things? Which is uh, sometimes very revealing because uh, a lot of the um, education that we get nowadays uh, for let's just say personal development really focuses on um, up-leveling your career, sometimes your finances. and. Uh, we might go 100% into one category, really working hard on our career, but neglect a different category. And we see this a lot in families, um, you know, where you might have a, a workaholic type scenario and 
you know, the kids are, are also there and maybe there's not as much time being spent with the kids or not as much time being spent with a spouse, or maybe you're neglecting your spiritual life in a way that, um, you don't see it at the time, but it, it's, it's not, um, helping the bigger picture of who you are. And it may not be in alignment with that life vision. So having the 12 categories, starting with your life vision and then breaking it down into your premise, which is your why. Why do you want to um, change the world, for example? Um, why do you want to build that business? Why do you want to become a millionaire? You know, some people might have that aspiration. Um, from there, you break it down into the goals. So identifying, okay, what are your top priorities? What do you want to accomplish in today, this week, this year? What do you want to accomplish in five years? So really looking at that, but then doing a deep dive into each one of these categories and setting a vision and goal for each of those and coming up with the strategies that are going to help you get there. And that's really where the gold is in the life book structure is um, you can think of it as like a, a basket for each one of these categories to collect all that wisdom that you're earning, you're, you're learning from other places, other classes and create your own plan. Mm. So what we come out with of this is a hundred page book. And this is, this is my book, uh, my life book that I have. And within these pages, so I have, for example, health and fitness section, and I have my vision, I have um, my premise, my purpose, why I want to um, align with my fitness goals, and then a whole plan in here as to how I stay on target. You know, what is, uh, how am I taking care of myself? What does my stress reduction look like? Um, what kind of healthy habits do I want to implement, for example? And I do the same for emotional life, the intellectual life, and it gets really fun with some of these categories. Like fun, it's it's like a a vision board, but in a book, but more in depth because you're yes. not just looking at okay a wish list. You're actually creating an action plan. Absolutely, and it is so actionable. Mm -hmm. And you also will have a point of reference of something to go back to and say, hey, you know what, maybe my spiritual life is off and that's impacting, you know, my love relationship. You'll be able to create the parallel. So that's very, very valuable. What do you say to the person that's in that headspace of the overachiever syndrome? Because they just, you know, or the perfectionist. Sometimes that perfection can show up as insecurity because they mm -hmm. want everything so detailed, you know, just so on point that they don't allow themselves the bandwidth to have challenges to come up against obstacles, to go back to a point of reference or to even work with someone like you to help them, you know, straighten it out. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I think that's a great question, April. Um, you know, as I think about perfectionism. Um, certainly I have a degree of that myself. <laughs> I've oh, had to sorry. overcome that. Okay. Uh, I think the thing that really sunk in with me as I was learning the whole life book structure was that everybody's life book's different. There is no one solution that works for everyone. And you are ultimately in control of this life book. 
And if I were to, to have you design a life book and we laid our life books side by side, they would be different. Um, they might be more detailed in some area. They, they might contain different pictures. They would contain different goals, different strategies. And the, the path that you take to, to achieve the goal is really catered to you. It's not, uh, you know, there's some, some strategies that we can find that in general might help people to uh, cultivate better habits, for example, but you have the opportunity to fine tune it to what works for you. And that's the beauty of the lifebook because you can go in there, you can experiment, you can test things out. And if they don't work, because it's yours, you can toss right. it out and try something different. Right, right, right. You, and nobody would be the wiser. <laughs> exactly. But it, exactly. Is a, it is a self-actualization guide. And it's, it's better than journaling brains. You know, because journaling is just really kind of recording the events of what happened. It's a memory bank. But this is a strategy. And life is about strategy. Life is a chessboard. And you need to be able to know when to hold or a poker game. <laughs> we know how to hold, fold, and have a poker face. A lot of people don't, um, they're afraid of taking a chance and being a risk taker. What do you say to that person, Marcia? Well, I think that um, the way that that lifebook works, um, if, if you have a lifebook, um, for me, that would fall likely into my um, emotional category, mm -hmm. fear of risk taking. So maybe I would set a goal to take more risks uh, that also could end up in the quality of life section, but um, really breaking it down. Okay, so what am I going to do on a weekly basis or a quarterly basis? Right. What does risk taking look like to me? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Because that's going to mean different things to different people as well. Um, if I um, decide to set myself a habit, for example, um, I'm going to step outside my comfort zone every day. I'm going to deliberately, you know, go outside my house and I don't know, go someplace new. That could be one type of a risk, or I'm going to meet somebody new every day, make a new connection. Those are different types of risks. So it's going to come down to, to the individual, but, um, well, that's yeah, you can do so much. It's just you step outside yourself, brains. You don't know what you don't know. But also risk versus reward. Okay, because there's going to be a lot of self-discovery here. And are you ready, able, and willing to be accountable for your stuff? Everybody's got stuff. That doesn't mean that your stuff is, you know, the blueprint for who you are the doctrine of who you're going to be. There's never an opportunity to change. But if you don't realize that, you know, I, I may have had a challenge in this area. I may have had a challenge with my health. Now I want to focus on that inside of my life book, but I want to be accountable for it. So then I need to pull back on the cookies. Okay, I'll put that in my life book because I love me some cookies. 
<laughs> but I will take responsibility and find yourself worthy. Worthy mm-hmm. of knowing that there are other opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm in a situation right now uh, where people aren't excited about new opportunities. They're not excited about exploring. They're not excited about what else is there left to do. Well, you know, we didn't have this COVID, girl. It's been a mess. And everybody's been sitting there twiddling their thumbs or isolated in their homes. Nobody to talk to. The dog is tired of being in there because he can't get walked. Um, you don't have, you know, you're isolated. You're not connecting with society. You're not networking. You're looking at this boob tube that's just really, uh, just puts you in a funk. Okay. So outside of, you know, deciding to take the risk, what are some other maybe fun or challenging things that we can introduce in our life to encourage us to thrust forward. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of things, but I wanted to touch on really quick. You mentioned COVID. Um, The life book for me was a game changer during COVID. Um, As you know, everything shut down, our lives changed dramatically. Um, Suddenly, uh, you know, our normal day-to-day life, our travel patterns, where we go, who we interact with, all of that changed. And being able to have a plan in place proactively uh, really prevented from slipping into that kind of the victim mode state that it's so easy to go down that, that rabbit hole. It's like, oh, I'm stuck in my house and I can't do anything. No, uh, having this plan, I realized, wow, I could learn about this or that. I could meet, I could still meet people on Zoom really um, looking at, uh, I think the, the glass half full rather than half empty. Absolutely. Uh, it gave the tools to do that. So um, yeah, that, that would be one of the advantages. Um, All right, so now let's get to know Marcia a little bit better. This is my favorite part of the interview. I like to ask questions to get to know you. I see that there is a beautiful piano. Tell us about you and the piano. Yeah, so I started um, playing and writing music about age four. Four, wow. Yeah, and um, I would say music was a prominent part of my life throughout most of my my childhood. Um, And uh, yeah, I was... uh, studying at the university with a composition professor by uh, age eight. I think I was eight years old when I started studying with him Um, and uh, competing in in competitions, writing all kinds of music. And uh, I don't know, I think that some of that background really paved the way for, for me getting into data, which was um, kind of a funny connection, but they say that if you've got the brain developed for music, uh, it does. uh, You're counting your rhythm and your creativity and all of that. Yeah. Music is, music is the business. What do you play? I know that I'm sure that you play classical, but can you do some pop tunes? What else do you like to play? What's your favorite kind of music? Um, I pretty much these days write my own 
stuff. Wow. Um, but I also played clarinet um, in college. I Me was too. a music major in college. But at this point, it's just a hobby. Um, and uh, Hobbies are important because they stimulate the brain. So I'm mm -hmm. taking guitar lessons. And I tell you, it is not easy at almost 60 because you got to remember the muscle movement. You got to remember your timing, how to strum, the words to the song. But I did that because I wanted to stimulate my brain. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn something new. I don't have to be a perfectionist. I don't have to be the next, you know, show, play the next Chopin or play the next Beatles song as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And that's what's mm -hmm. important, enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, well, and going back to um, kind of stimulating the brain. So when I talk about my intellectual life, um, there's so much more than just music that's there because um, you know I've dabbled in dance, uh, art. I uh, have um, learned multiple languages. So really striving to be a polyglot. Um, and uh, I would say that, uh, you know, since COVID hit, um, I brushed up on my French, my Russian, my Ukrainian. Um, and then I learned some Italian, Japanese, and, and a little bit of Swahili, which was a lot of fun. Wow. Well, you're, you know, um, you're a super brain. You have a lot of capacity and that's, and that's good. But you always want to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to challenge myself. I'm a creative too. Uh, I love art. I love painting. I love theater. I love music. Um, I love cooking. Mm -hmm. Do you like to cook? Uh, I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's one of your favorite meals? Um, I really like Asian fusion mm. uh, type cooking. So it's it's kind of the the West Coast blend. Okay. Uh, like, we, yeah. like we do our Mexican food. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, got, it's got a California flair, but it sure is good. Exactly. And it's healthy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if all mine's healthy because I like that sour <laughs> cream and that guacamole. Oh, yes. And then the sugar from the tequila from the margarita. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be and why? i uh, definitely be a blender. A blender? <laughs> Why would you be a blender? Because I like to bring all the ingredients together and connect people and, uh, yeah, create something new and wonderful. Oh, I'd be the refrigerator because I like to chill. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Um, that's a good question. Um... I think I'd probably be a bird just because, you know, you can go a lot of places. You can fly around and. And you're a person that. Oh, but, oh, but I'm, I'm remembering. I think my, my all time favorite animal that I've always thought I'd like to be would be a skunk because uh, everybody leaves them alone. They have like the happiest life. Uh, one day I was driving home from, from work and I saw this little skunk prancing down the road, holding his tail up, you know, and, and I'm like, nobody's going to mess with him. <laughs> mm -mm, no, he's not. And you know, when you said that, uh, I think of Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. You have a, yeah. you have a, a, a certain savoir faire, a certain, you know, uh, 
way about you, which is good. And people and people like that. And people are drawn to you because skunks are really, you know, they may be stinky, but they're only stinky when you bother them. But for the most part, uh, they're very pretty. Oh, yeah. Well, if you really think about the life of a skunk, they really have have it good. Yeah, they do. I would be <laughs> a, a elef- an elephant because they're big and they're strong and they're passionate. Uh, they travel in, you know, herds and prides. They're good parents. You know, the women stick together all the time and uh, they never forget. They never forget. If you had three wishes, what would they be? Hmm. I think the first one really would be for world peace Mm. because uh, the state of uh, things going on in the world right now, I'm I'm not liking that. I I really like people working together. I like harmony. Um, I like people uplifting other people. And to see the opposite of that, going on is um very painful just to see destruction and and um things going the other direction okay you got two more two more so see second one um i would like to see more um i would say community connection so collaboration within people's own communities, people coming together, because I also think that that is imperative as we're moving into this new world where technology, I think, has really isolated a lot of people. And it's created um, more of a sense of individuality rather than that community connection that used to exist in our society. And if you look at the history of America, a lot of that was uh, in the churches and the um, volunteer groups in the past. And yes, it still exists, but it's just not as prominent. And I think we need to get back to some of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, community connection would be my second wish. Okay. And your third? My third. I think that my third wish would ultimately be for some major health breakthroughs um, in technology. So um, finding cures for cancer, for example, finding um, ways to understand the immune system so that um, we can overcome this whole COVID situation. Well, you know what, I'm a, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist on that part because I do believe that there's a cure for all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, people are not big business. Sick people mm-hmm. are big business, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, you said something about community. What I see in community now that is a little alarming to me, I don't know how long I'm going to have to live through it, but artificial intelligence, uh, AI is brains. You better get some stock in some AI. I tried to warn you guys years ago about GPS, but you didn't want to listen to me. GPS is in everything. <laughs> okay. Everything. AI, artificial intelligence is in everything. Well, who do you think Siri is? You know, uh, those things are 
creating this encapsulation of human beings. Not requiring your children to interact with you. Upstairs, you're going to text them that dinner's ready. No, and then they come down, eat, and then the device. I demand, I demand your undivided attention when I'm giving you or I'm pouring into you. And if you got a problem with that, I'm not the person to hang out with. I need to communicate with people. This is how I learn. I can't learn from a device that has been inseminated by a human being. I just, you know, I can't, I can't do it. I don't work that way. So those things are very, very important. Um, you know, health, our mental health, all of us are not going to be able to, you know, have long lives. But each day, each moment is so important, is so valuable. It can be shared, it can be liked, it can be loved, it can be embraced, it can be forgiven. So take that, not tomorrow, because that's not promised to you. Yesterday's already gone. All you have is the present. Take that, embrace it, and hold it, and create yourself a life book. Thank you so much, Marcia. You have been a wealth of information. Next time I get you on the show, maybe you'll play us some music on the piano. I'd love to hear it. Or maybe you'll come out with a a CD. I bet you have a, a repertoire, a big book of music that nobody's ever heard before. We want to share that with you. Tell my brains how to get in contact with you if they want more information on the um, the life book and the 12 sure. rules of life. Yeah, so I am launching a new class on July 19th. Uh, the class will be held around 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and runs for about six weeks of Lifebook Premium. So if you're interested, um, reach out to me uh, or visit my website, which is www.mylifebook.com backslash leaders backslash Marcia and then a hyphen, not the underscore, but the hyphen Drake. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that at the back of the interview and I'm also going to put it in the show notes. We're going to play this over and over again because, again, life is story, Brains. So why not have your own book? Thank you so much. Brains, I need you to go in and handle your business, okay? Like, love, and share. Like, love, and share right here on the edge so people can get in contact with you. You can share your story. You can document it uh, and maybe even compose a symphony to it. Thank you, Marcia. You're the best. Thank you. Bye, Brains. Thank you.